Right, great to be with you guys again this morning. You can turn to 1 Peter chapter 5. That's where we're going to be this morning, 1 Peter chapter 5. I want to begin with a, a principle that I have learned over the course of my life, principle that I've seen played out and proven many times. Uh, any organization, whether a business or a government or the church, stands or falls based on the quality of its leaders. Let me prove that to you. A couple, couple times when I have seen that proven in my life, both negative, an organization that stands or falls based on the quality of its leaders. Uh, one summer, I worked for this little tiny company. There were six employees, including me, and three of us were doing the engineering, and the other three were running the company. The problem was they, they ran it in, in different directions, and, and the other problem was that they were all related. You had a, a husband and a wife and a son, and, and on any given day, you didn't really know who was running the show. On paper, the husband husband was in charge, but the wife controlled the money, and you know, that's kind of everything for a company, and, and the son, well, well, he could yell really loudly, which, which actually counts for a lot in a tiny little office, and so uh, our weekly staff meetings were like the most awkward moment of my week. It was a day when you had to make sure you doubled up on deodorant, because there was going to be a lot of sweating during those staff meetings as father and son yelled and cursed at each other. It was a horrible experience, the f- most frustrating job I ever had. Well, fast forward a few years. I'm working for a larger company now, but it's still run by three bosses, three guys who are in competition with one another. And on any given day, you're not really sure who has the upper hand over any given project. And and that competition over time, it it turned into outright conflict. And, And while one of the bosses was out of town, the other two aligned together against him and convened a secret board meeting and forced him out of the company. And, and my problem was he was the guy who hired me. So overnight, my stock plummeted in that company and projects fell apart and the company went downhill was yet just more proof in my life that an organization stands or falls based on the quality of its leaders. And as true as that is for a business, it's more true in a church. Grace Bible Church has stood for 40 plus years primarily because of the quality of the men that God has raised up to be our leaders, our elders. And that's what we're going to talk about this morning. Peter turns his attention to these men, to our elders in 1 Peter chapter 5. Remember, the whole book of 1 Peter is written to churches who are under attack, churches who are being persecuted by the world. And Peter knows the survival of these churches in the midst of attack depends largely upon the faithfulness of their leaders, of their elders. So he turns his attention to address these men. Look with me starting in chapter 5, verse 1. Peter says, therefore, I exhort the elders among you as your fellow elder and witness of the sufferings of Christ and a partaker also of the glory that is to be revealed, shepherd the flock of God among you, exercising oversight not under compulsion but voluntarily according to the will of God and not for sordid gain but with eagerness, not yet as lording it over those allotted to your charge but proving to be examples to the flock. And when the chief shepherd appears, you will receive the unfading crown of glory." Peter begins our passage this morning by charging the elders among us to shepherd the flock. Now, whenever we're talking about the elders, what we're really talking about is the governance of the church. How is our church led? How is it structured? How is it governed? Now, if you've been to other churches, particularly churches from other denominations, you know there's a lot of different ways out there that people lead the church. There's a lot of variety in the governance and structure of the church. And, and that's because Scripture gives us a lot of latitude 
Scripture gives us a lot of freedom in how we lead and govern the church. Really, the New Testament just lays out a couple crystal clear principles of governance that are true for every church. Just two of them. Number one, every church is led by Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ is the head of every church on the planet. Every church, every local church on this planet belongs to Jesus Christ and is under his ultimate authority. That's principle number one. Principle number two is Jesus leads each local church through a group of elders. In both Acts 14 and Titus chapter 1, we're given instructions to appoint elders, multiple elders, over each local church. That's how Jesus leads his church, through a group of men called elders. Now, different churches may call these men by different titles. Not everyone uses the word elders, but the same principle is in mind. So just two principles in Scripture. Christ is the head of every church, and each local church is led by him through a group of elders. That's really the only thing that scripture tells us must be true of every church. All the details, like how many elders do you have and what do you call them and what exactly do they do and how do they relate to the staff and how are they appointed? All the details are really left to each individual local church to figure out. So I want to take a moment this morning to tell you how we do it here at Grace Bible Church. Many of you are, are new to Grace Bible Church, especially here at the Southwood campus. Lots of you are new to this church. So I want to let you know, how do we lead the church? How is Grace Bible Church? church led? Well, here at Grace, we are led by eight elders at the moment. We have eight. There's nothing magical about the number eight. We've had fewer in the past. We may have more in the future as we grow, but we're, we're led by eight elders who constitute one board, actually one board over both campuses, both the Anderson campus and the Southwood campus are overseen by one board of elders. And authority rests with that board. It's not the individual elders who have authority. It's not their individual opinions that counts. It's the decisions of the board. They carry the weight of the authority of Jesus Christ over the whole church. And men become elders by by being nominated by the elder board. The elder board puts forth names of men to be elders, but then we vote on those names. That's how we participate in the process. We, the congregation, either approve or reject those nominations. And the final thing to know about the elders here at the church... I'm not one of them. Pastors are not elders at Grace Bible Church. Now, the New Testament allows us to be. The New Testament makes it permissible for a paid pastor to be an elder, but we just don't do it that way at Grace Bible Church. We never have. I personally really like that. I'm a younger man. I don't really have the age and experience to qualify as an elder. I love being able to submit to these guys. So at Grace Bible Church, it's not the pastors who lead the church, who oversee the church. It's the elders. These eight men, these are our ultimate authority on earth. These are are pretty big responsibilities these guys carry. They are Jesus' authority to us. They oversee everything about our church, everything about our lives. So uh, I want to spend some time this morning talking about who these men are. Said earlier that any organization stands or falls based on the quality of its leaders. For us, we stand or fall based on the quality of our elders, based on the leadership of our elders. Their leadership is essential to our survival and growth. So we're going to spend some time this morning talking about who these men are. Who are the elders that God has raised up at Grace Bible Church over the last 40 years? What do we need to know about these leaders? So we're going to ask and answer a number of questions from Scripture. That's really what I want to do this morning. I want to talk about these elders. I want to see what Scripture has to say about these leaders who guide and direct us. Question number one that I want to ask, who qualifies to be an elder at Grace Bible Church? 
What qualifications do you have to satisfy to be qualified to be an elder? Now, Peter doesn't really address that question in our passage. He's talking to guys who are already elders, so he doesn't have to rehearse the qualifications. But Paul deals with that question extensively in 1 Timothy chapter 3 and in Titus chapter 1. I'm going to read to you for a moment from the, from the latter of those two passages. Here's the list of qualifications that Paul lays out in Titus. This is actually the shorter of the lists. <laughs> If any man is above reproach, the husband of one wife, having children who believe, not accused of dissipation or rebellion. For the overseer must be above reproach as God's steward, not self-willed, not quick-tempered, not addicted to wine, not pugnacious, not fond of sordid gain, but hospitable, loving what is good, sensible, just, devout, self-controlled, holding fast the faithful word, which is in accordance with the teaching, so that he will be able both to exhort in sound doctrine and refute those who contradict." It's a pretty long laundry list there. (laughs) Quite a few qualifications, quite a few adjectives that Paul lays out. Let me summarize it all in three things, three points that Paul's really getting at. Number one, to be qualified as an elder, you must be an older man. Now that's actually communicated in the word elder. The basic meaning of the word elder in scripture is a man who is older, (laughs) a man who is advanced in years. He's seen a lot of life. He has wisdom by living a lot of life, both in the Old Testament and the New Testament. God always appointed for his people to be led by elder men among them. Now, I know there's a lot of debate these days in churches about whether women can be elders, but scripture is, is crystal clear. It's the leadership over God's people, both in ancient Israel and in the church, has been given to men, not to all men, not even to me, but to a few select chosen older men. So that's the first qualification, an older man. But not just any older man. Actually, Paul goes on and gives us all of those moral qualifications. And I think they can all be summarized in a phrase he uses twice. We're looking for men who are above reproach. To be above reproach means that a man is, is so mature, he is so Christ-like in every facet of his life, that there is no serious accusation of sin that could be leveled against him. There's no out-of-control area of sin anywhere in his life. He's walking with the Lord so closely that there's nothing that he could be accused of. Now, that doesn't mean that they're perfect. They still sin like all of us, but they're mature and godly. They're Christ-like in every facet of their lives. That's really what that long list of moral qualifications is getting at. We're looking for men who are absolutely above reproach. They are examples of spiritual godliness and maturity. That's the second qualification. Third qualification that Paul lists out is their ability to handle the word. These are men who know the word of God. They know it well. They understand it. They can defend it. They can explain it. Now, that doesn't mean that the elders need to know Greek or the nuances of theology, but we are looking for men who accurately know the word of God so that they can defend it against those who would attack us, against those who would lead us astray. They need to know the basics of the word of God really, really well. That's essential to their job. Now, that leads us to the second question that I want us to ask. What are the responsibilities of our elders? What are the responsibilities of our elder board? Now, if you look with me back in chapter 5, Peter gives the responsibility right there at the beginning of chapter 2, the big idea, their overall responsibility, shepherd the flock of God among you. Tells the elders, your primary responsibility is to shepherd the flock of God among you. Now, in, in Peter's day, to his audience, that verb shepherd, it really meant something. Because everyone lived around shepherds. Shepherding was a really common thing back then. It was an agrarian society. So if you want to know what a shepherd does, you walk outside your door and you look at that guy because he's probably a shepherd. Shepherd was like one of the most common job descriptions in the ancient world. Everyone knows what shepherds do. So when Peter says shepherd the flock, everyone knows what that means. 
but we don't. It's kind of a foreign concept to us. We don't shepherd anymore. We don't raise our livestock that way. Probably none of us know anyone who is a shepherd. So we need to explain it a little bit. Fortunately, scripture uses this metaphor of shepherd all the time. Uses it of God himself. It uses it of of the kings and the prophets in the Old Testament. Uses it of Jesus. It uses it of the elders. So we get a lot of data about what shepherds do. Let me share that with you. When scripture talks about shepherding, there's four responsibilities it has in mind. Four things that the shepherd or the elder is responsible to do for the people of God. Responsibility number one of a shepherd is to lead. The shepherd sets the direction for the people of God. Now, Peter actually mentions that responsibility explicitly. Look again at verse two. Shepherd the flock of God among you by exercising oversight. To shepherd is to exercise oversight, to lead the church. So the elders are responsible to lead or set the direction of the church. What that means, practically speaking, is that the elders as a board need to spend a lot of time in prayer and a lot of time in the word of God to discern Christ's will for our church and then lead us in that direction. That's what they do. They discern Jesus' will for Grace Bible Church and then lead us in that direction. And to do that, that means that they need to oversee everything here at the church. Everything about Grace Bible Church fits under their oversight. The, The staff, all the ministries of the church, the budget of the church, the facilities of the church, the policies of the church, everything at Grace Bible Church fits under their authority. They oversee it all. Now, that's a lot of stuff. So they delegate a lot of the details to the deacons and to the staff and to volunteer leaders. But everything ultimately at Grace Bible Church fits under the oversight of the elders. They lead us. They set the direction for our church. That's the first responsibility that is laid out when Peter uses the word shepherd. Second responsibility is to feed A shepherd was not only responsible to lead the sheep, but to feed the sheep. And metaphorically, what that means for the church is that the elders are responsible to ensure that we have a steady diet in the word of God. That's really what that's getting at, that we are are feasting regularly on the word of God. The elders are responsible to oversee the teaching of the word here at Grace Bible Church. In 1 Timothy 5, Paul says, The elders who rule well are to be considered worthy of double honor, especially those who work hard at preaching and teaching. It was expected that the elders were involved in the preaching and teaching ministry of the church, and, and all of our elders do teach. All of the eight men who are our elders teach in some format or another, whether a small group or a Sunday school, they are all in a teaching ministry. But there's a lot of teaching to do at a church this large. A ton of teaching, more than what eight men can do. So, so they delegate a lot of the teaching to the pastors, to men like me, who they free up financially so that we can spend our time through the course of the week studying the Bible and its original languages and bringing the fruit of that study to you. But, but you need to know, when I teach you guys, I, I'm not under my own authority in my teaching. My teaching is still under their authority. The elders oversee all of the teaching of the church. My teaching is under their authority. I'm responsible to them as a teacher in the church. So that's their second responsibility. They lead us and they feed us. Third responsibility, they protect us. Now it's interesting, when you think of the word shepherd, when you, when you think of the idea of a shepherd shepherding sheep, often what comes to our minds, the first mental image we have is it's a very soft and cuddly image. We often think of Mary had a little lamb, a little girl in a dress with a little crooked staff leading a cuddly little sheep. We think of soft things, cuddly things, but uh, in the ancient world, they didn't. There was nothing soft and cuddly about shepherds. Actually, in the ancient world, shepherds were really tough men. Shepherds were very, very tough men. They lived almost their entire adult lives outside. 
under the sun, under the stars. They, they ate their food over a campfire. Or they cooked their food over a campfire. They, they fought wild beasts. The, the, these guys carried a, a staff and a rod. You may have seen that in, in Psalm 23. When the author talks about walking through the valley of the shadow of death, he says that God's presence comforts him. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. Well, the, the rod and the staff, those, those aren't just toys and, and they aren't just tools. Those were actually weapons. I don't know if you knew that. The, the rod of a shepherd was typically a club that had nails embedded in the end. He used that to fight off wild animals. Now, most of the shepherds in Israel also carried another weapon. They carried a sling and they could, they could sling stones far distances very, very accurately. That's actually how David killed Goliath. He became a great warrior by being a shepherd. In the ancient world, shepherds were models of, of fierce guardians. They were strong warriors. And that's exactly what God expects of our elders. Our elders are our protectors. They are our guardians. Here's what Paul says to the elders of the church of Ephesus in Acts chapter 20. He says to the elders, be on guard for yourselves and for all the flock among you, which the Holy Spirit has made you overseers, to shepherd the church of God, which he purchased with his own blood. And here's the reason why. Because I know that after my departure, savage wolves will come in among you, not sparing the flock. Paul knows that after his departure, the church is going to be attacked. There's going to be multiple things attacking the church, and the elders are the ones who are responsible to protect us. In particular, they protect two things in Grace Bible Church. Number one, they protect our beliefs, our doctrine. The elders are responsible to ensure that everything that is taught here at Grace Bible Church lines up with Scripture and lines up with the doctrinal position of our church. The elders watch over all of the teaching ministry here at the church. Now, if a leader or a pastor is teaching something that doesn't line up with Scripture or doesn't line up with our doctrinal statement, then the elders will step in and confront us. And if we don't change from that, if we don't correct that, then we'll be relieved of leadership. The elders are the ones who, who protect the doctrine of the church. Second, they protect the holiness of the church. They protect us from sin. And what we're primarily talking about there is what's called church discipline. When a member of the church chooses to walk in sin and, and, and doesn't repent of that sin when they're confronted, then the elders lead the process of church discipline. They lead us in breaking fellowship with that member so that that person can, can be brought to repentance and so that we can be protected from their sin. Now, by God's grace, church discipline isn't something that we've had to do a whole lot here at Grace Bible Church, but in the times that we have had to do it, it's the elders' responsibility to lead that process. They protect our beliefs, and they protect us from sin. The elders are our guardians. That's the third part of their job description, fourth and final part of their job description. They care for the sheep. Shepherds in the ancient world were responsible to care for each and every sheep. When, it, when a sheep grew ill or when a sheep was wounded, you actually saw it in a picture a moment ago, the shepherd would carry that sheep. Carry that sheep from pasture to pasture. The shepherd would nurse that sheep and, and care for that sheep until the sheep is well. God has the same idea in mind for our elders. Acts chapter 20, Paul says again to the elders in Ephesus, in everything I showed you that by working hard in this matter, you must help the weak. He's talking about the spiritually weak. The elders are responsible to lift up and care for those who are spiritually weak among us. And then James chapter 5, is anyone among you sick? Then he must call for the elders of the church and they are to pray over him, anointing him with oil in the name of the Lord. The elders care for the, the physically ill in the church. The elders are, are the chief caregivers in the church. Now, there's a lot of people who need care in a church this big. So the elders delegate a lot of that care to the deacons and to the staff and to volunteers. But ultimately, the elders are the ones who are responsible to make sure that everyone here at Grace Bible Church is cared for that the spiritually weak and the physically weak are cared for. So lead, feed, 
protect, care. That's what the elders are called by God to do. That's what it means to shepherd us. That's what your elders do, these eight men. That's what they're responsible to do for us. Now, Peter doesn't go into all these details because he assumes that we already know them. He assumes that when he says the word shepherd that these four things come to our mind. He doesn't go into these details. What Peter really focuses is is on answering a related question. Peter wants to answer the question, okay, if this is what the elders are, are to do, how are they to do it? How should the elders lead? What should be their, their behavior and their attitude as they lead us? Peter describes what a faithful elder looks like, what a faithful elder is doing for us, how they are acting among us. And, and he answers this question by drawing out three contrasts in verses two and three. We've read them, we'll look back at them. Three contrasts that describe how the elders are to lead. The first one, shepherd the flock of God among you, exercising oversight, and here's the contrast, not under compulsion, but voluntarily according to the will of God. A good elder is one who leads willingly. Peter doesn't want elders who who lead under compulsion. The idea there is he's talking about men who serve as an elder because they feel forced into it, either by the expectations of other people or by personal guilt. They feel like they have to do it. God doesn't want elders who feel like they have to do it. He doesn't want elders who lead by compulsion. He wants elders who lead voluntarily who lead willingly, who actually want to be elders. He's looking for men who who view being an elder as a privilege. It's something that they desire to do. Paul actually says in in 1 Timothy chapter 3 that the man who who aspires to be an elder should know that, that that's a good work. What he desires to do is a good thing. It's a great thing. It's a privilege to be an elder. Peter is looking for men who lead out of privilege, who are willing to lead, who are excited about being an elder, who who feel called to it. You notice they lead according to the will of God. We're looking for men who aren't being forced into being an elder, but who want to be an elder because they feel like God has called them to it. Being an elder is really about the call of God. God calls and raises up these men. So first, we're looking for men who, who lead willingly. They don't lead out of guilt or out of compulsion, but they lead because they're excited to do that. Second, Peter tells us, second contrast, and not for sordid gain, but with eagerness. What Peter's talking about here is elders should lead unselfishly. Not for sordid gain means not for greedy gain. In the ancient world, in the New Testament church, the elders were actually paid. You know, at Grace Bible Church, they're not. The elders are, are volunteers. But in, in Peter's day, they were paid. And Peter's point here is to say, you're not looking for men who are in it for the money. If a man is, is choosing to be an elder because he, he wants the money, then, then that's not the guy you should choose. They shouldn't do it for the sake of personal gain. They should do it instead out of a desire to serve. That's what eagerness means. That what word in Greek, eagerness, it means eager to serve. It means that you desire to take care of the needs of other people. You serve other people's needs joyfully, willingly. You're excited to do it. That's what Peter has in mind. They're motivated to serve unselfishly. They're motivated to take care of our needs to provide for us rather than providing for themselves. That's the second thing that qualifies how they're to lead us. Third contrast, verse three. Nor yet is lording it over those allotted to your charge, but proving to be examples to the flock. The third thing that should describe their leadership, how they lead us is that they lead by example. Peter says, not not yet as lording it over those allotted to your charge. It's a really interesting phrase, allotted to your charge. What he's saying is that the the whole church, the church all throughout the world belongs to God. 
And God allots parts of the worldwide church, portions of the worldwide church, to particular groups of elders. He's allotted this portion of the local church, Grace Bible Church, to these eight men. But by using the word allotted, what Peter's reminding us is this church doesn't belong to them. It's not theirs. It's always God's. God's the one who leads. The elders don't have the right to command or control us. They don't have the right to lead as dictators. What God expects is that instead they lead by example. The idea here, the word example, it's tupas in Greek. It means, it means a model or a pattern. It means that you, you make an impression, an exact image of something with a stamp. And so the idea here is that, that these elders, they lead us by being exact images of Jesus Christ to us. That's what God expects of them. They lead us by example. They lead us by stepping just just ahead of us. They're just stepping ahead of us in the path of Jesus Christ. They're leading us by showing us. That's the interesting thing about elders. They lead us less by telling us what to do and more by showing us what to do. Showing us how to follow Jesus Christ. That's how these men are called to lead us. They lead by example. Okay, so God is calling elders to lead willingly, unselfishly, and by example. Now, you look at all the qualifications of elders, and you look at all the responsibilities of elders, and you look at these expectations of elders, and you combine that with the fact that our elders are not paid, they serve voluntarily, and the question that should really come to our mind is, why in the world would anyone want to be an elder at Grace Bible Church? (laughs) Why in the world would anyone want to carry this weight on their shoulders? You have to be a, a perfect example of Jesus Christ to everybody at all times, and you have to oversee everything about Grace Bible Church, and you have to be the chief caregiver to everyone, and you have to lead the painful processes of church discipline. Why would anyone say yes to that job? Well, there's a a lot of reasons why it's a good thing to be an elder, why it's worth it to be an elder. Peter mentions one in verse four. That's the last question that I want us to look at. Why be an elder? Verse four. And when the chief shepherd appears, you'll receive the unfading crown of glory. Peter's saying that one of the reasons that it's right, that it's appropriate for these men to say yes to the charge of being an elder is because as they serve faithfully as an elder, then when the chief shepherd appears, that is Jesus Christ, whom they serve, when he appears, he will reward faithful elders with a crown of glory, an unfading crown of glory. That's an unfading victor's wreath, which is composed of glory. That's what Peter has in mind here. He's talking about special honor and reward that comes from Jesus Christ. Now, all of us who are faithful to Jesus Christ in this life will share in his glory in the next life. We've talked about that throughout the semester. Why walk faithfully with Jesus Christ? Because as you share in his sufferings faithfully now, you will share in his glory in the future. But Peter's saying, yes, all of us will share in his glory, but elders who are faithful, they will get a special reward even beyond that. They will get a crown. And I don't know what the crown is. I don't know what this special honor, this special reward is. I do know, having been a pastor here at Grace Bible Church for the last seven years and and having seen what these men have to put up with and what they have to lead us through and the pain that they have to bear, I can say for sure, I'm really glad that Christ has something special in mind for them. It it really is fitting. You you don't probably know these guys as well as I do, but I, I can say without doubt, they deserve whatever this thing is. They deserve this special reward from God because they carry so much weight on our behalf. And really, I I wish that you guys could get to know these men who are our elders as well as I do. 
It's been my privilege at Grace Bible Church over these seven years to, to submit to these guys, to follow these guys. I, I, I can tell you guys honestly, and again, I'm, I'm speaking as one who's not an elder, as one who, like you, submits to these guys. Uh, my, my choice to come back to Grace Bible Church and be a pastor here was largely motivated by the men that God has placed as our elders. I can tell you, without exaggeration, my, my favorite reason to be a pastor here at Grace Bible Church is because of the quality of men that I serve who are my elders. I'm serious about that. I think the best thing about Grace Bible Church is our, is our elders. Over the last 40 years, the strength of Grace Bible Church is found in the quality of the men that God has raised up to be our elders. I, I think our elders are the greatest gift God has given Grace Bible Church. They are what has kept our church strong, what's kept our church in the center of God's will. I really do want you to get to know these elders as well as I do. I, I can't make that happen this morning. All I can do is, is give you a glimpse of the men whom God has raised up to be our elders over the last 40 years. I want to want to share with you a video of, of interviews that we did with some of our elders. The first thing I would say God has taught me being on the elder board is humility. There's a tendency in our society to to give accolades towards those who are in a leadership role. I'm constantly reminded um, and impressed upon the importance of humility and of, of being humble. Time and time again, what I found is that the, the role of an elder has truly got to be that of a, a servant leader. Humility is key to service. We talk about servant leadership. Uh, humility is key to that, and I really pray that God um, keeps keeps me humble and keeps um, all, the, all the leaders in the church humble. I think, it's, I think it's critical. We're not the Congress. We're not the city council. We're not the, the rulers of Grace Bible Church. God is the ruler of Grace Bible Church. Our job is simply to try to go before the Lord and see what it is He would have the church do. The position of elder is not about an individual. It's really about the, the body of Christ. And so it is to uh, be certainly a person of uh, integrity, a person of character, a person of the scripture. Peter in 1 Peter 5 gives the best summary statement of the responsibilities of an elder when he, in speaking to the elders, he says, I exhort you to shepherd the flock, to exercise oversight. It's, just, it's a significant responsibility, and again, not as an individual, but as someone who represents the church. And that's what I look at as I think about Grace Bible Church and the elders, is it, it represents who we are. There are several responsibilities. One of, the, one of the main ones is to guard the doctrine, to make sure that the church is teaching sound doctrine. That's absolutely an essential role for the elders. In 1 Timothy 3 and Titus 1, it talks about the, uh, the qualifications for an elder, but also it describes an elder as one who is an overseer, one who uh, gives oversight to, the, bo to the, the body here at Grace, gives direction, makes sure that we're carrying out what, the plan of God here at Grace, making sure that the, the saints, the believers here at Grace, are growing in their walk with the Lord. I would say that our primary function is to set the vision of Grace Bible Church. What direction are we going? Making sure that we remain true to our roots, uh, true to our fundamentals in the scripture and teaching and our ministry to college students and our 
focus on missions. It's really been a blessing to serve uh, with the men that I have on the elder board. And uh, gosh, we come from uh, a lot of different walks of life and a lot of different professions. What we have in common is a real desire to see God's will for this church. Being around those guys is, is such a blessing. Um, uh, you know, week in and week out and meeting with them, um, dealing with, with difficult issues, uh, laughing. Uh, crying, you, you can't help but but become close with with guys like that when when you're all fighting you know battles like we fight. It's been a blessing to uh, serve with the other men, and uh, God certainly worked in my life through uh, being associated with them and uh, being really ministered to them through kind of common service here. There's a lot of spiritual warfare going on. Um, as long as we're effective as a church, there's going to be spiritual warfare, and. I hope that people are praying for the elders, the deacons, the pastors, the leadership of this church on a daily basis because um, Satan is very active. Being an elder is a function of, at the present time, eight men working together, bowed before the Lord, asking Him to show us what guidance He would have, what leadership God would have for our church. And our role is just to listen to the Father and do what he has to say. Beyond my four years of being an elder, I think back to all of the men who have been elders at Grace Bible Church. So many men who have just been unbelievable witnesses for the Lord, unbelievable servants of God who have been elders here. When we were members, became members, so there were about five families in the church, and uh, now it's easy to see how that has, uh, through God's grace, really expanded uh, tremendously. And I remember looking in the Bible where it says all those things you have to be, the things you, if you have to be to be an elder, and I remember early on thinking, my gosh, I can't, I can't, I don't, I don't believe, I don't fit in that category. <laughs> I was the husband of one wife, but there were there were a bunch of other things in there that I was not sure that I was really worthy of being an elder. I just look back and God has been faithful uh, to, to Grace Bible Church over the many, many years and continues to be faithful. And I believe that we'll continue to be faithful uh, to, uh, we'll continue to bless Grace Bible Church as we continue to seek to be in the midst of His will. And I, I love the focus of uh, college students and love the focus of missions and certainly the focus of meeting the needs of families and the focus of teaching God's Word. And so I think as we continue to do those things and, and move uh, according to what we believe God has laid out for us, God will continue to bless us. I don't think that we measure our success by how many people walk in the doors on Sunday. I think success is measured by the number of people who walk out of that door on Sunday and invest in lives of other people, not only in this community, but all over the world. Well, the rewards, are just, it's, it's exciting for me to see, uh, to see all the wonderful things that are going on. The rewards are that I see that the Lord is using Grace Bible Church in a mighty way. That just makes me feel good. <laughs> That's not, I, I might get a, you know, I've studied a little bit of prophecy here lately. In the judgment seat of Christ, there, there, there are going to be some wreaths that are passed out. <laughs> I might get one of those wreaths. <laughs>
maybe a little one uh, for serving on the elder board or you know, for being a leader. But, you know, those things don't mean anything. Rewards, what we do is turn right around and give them to Christ to put them down to his feet. So. I hope that gives you just a little bit of a glimpse of how fortunate we are at Grace Bible Church. Been at a number of other churches, worked at other churches. We've got it really good here. And it's largely because of these men. And part of my reason to to give you guys a, a glimpse of who these men are that God has raised up to be our elders is to make the next part of the passage easier to obey. So now Peter turns to us. He gives instructions to the rest of us, to those who are not elders. What are our responsibilities towards these men, towards these elders. Look with me, starting in verse 5. You younger men, likewise, be subject to your elders. Now, a little, uh, little clarification here. When the NAS says younger men, really, it's just younger, uh, and it's not even talking about younger in age. What Peter's really talking about here is everyone who is not an elder. That's what younger is. Younger is not elder. So Peter's talking to all of us who are not elders, myself included. What is our responsibility towards the elder board? It is to submit. Now, if you've been here this fall, you know that Peter has talked about this idea of submission many times. It's it's a major theme that Peter keeps bringing up. To submit means to place yourself under the authority of another person. And submission involves both respect and obedience. We're called to respect the authority of our elders. We're also called to obey their authority, to, to follow their leadership. Now, let's get practical just for a moment. It's, it's easy to respect and submit to our elders when, when they make decisions that we agree with. But what about when our elders make decisions we disagree with? What about when they lead our church in a direction that, that's not the way that we would have done it? What then? What does it mean to submit to the elders when they decide something that you disagree with? Let me just lay that out for you really quick. Well, here in, in College Station, God has given us the freedom that if, if the elders here at Grace Bible Church make a decision or lead the church in a direction that you really disagree with, and if it's a serious issue of, of doctrine or, or of values or practice, if it's a serious issue, then in a godly way, you do have the freedom to respectfully leave Grace Bible Church. If the elders make a decision here at Grace Bible Church that really compromises a belief that you hold or a value that you hold, then it may be a good idea for you to find quietly another church, a church that holds to the same beliefs and doctrine that you do and practices the same things that you want to practice. That's a godly option. You can go find a different church. But if you're not ready to do that, if you want to stay here at Grace Bible Church, then submission means that you accept the leadership of the elders, that, that you simply accept that decision, that, that you, you can come and, and talk to the elders, you can talk to a pastor, but you don't complain to other people. You don't sow dissension and contention and strife in the church. God won't put up with that. There's so many churches that have been brought down because of strife and contention. That's not what God wants. God wants us to submit to our elders. We as followers need to realize if, if we resist the elder board, the person we're really sub- resisting is, is not the elders, it's Jesus. Because it's Jesus who leads us through our elders. So as long as we stay here at Grace Bible Church, we are required to submit to the rule of our elders, to follow their leadership. Now, that may sound harsh to you. That's kind of a harsh note to end a sermon on. But actually, I, I promise you guys, there's, there's an actually incredible freedom and joy in submission. 
When your elders are godly men, which, which I hope you've seen is the case at Grace Bible Church, when they're men who are really following the Lord Jesus, then it is a joyous thing to submit to them, to trust them, to believe that Jesus is leading our church through these men. We don't need to worry about Grace Bible Church. Jesus has got our back through these men. So it's, submission is actually a joyous thing. It's, it's a joyous thing for me. I'm incredibly glad that I get to submit to these men. So Peter challenges all of us to submit to our elders, and then Peter ends the passage by addressing all of us. He turns to the elders and the followers alike, the whole church. Here's his final instructions. Look at the rest of verse 5. And all of you clothe yourselves with humility towards one another, for God is opposed to the proud, but gives grace to the humble. The glue that unites us together the glue that holds us together, all the way up from the elder board, all the way down to the, to the youth and children here at the church. The glue that holds our church together is humility. Humility is the one essential characteristic of all the people of God, both for the leaders and for the followers. All of us should be practicing humility towards one another. We've talked about humility earlier this semester. Just to review, humility is a choice, a willingness to sacrifice my rights and desires for the good of another person to sacrifice my needs and desires to serve and care for other people. That's what humility means. I'm lifting up other people at my own expense. God expects that all of us, from leaders down to the the lowliest among us, that all of us are practicing humility. I thought it was interesting. We We didn't script it out, but I don't know if you noticed where the video began. The elders of their own accord talked about the importance of humility for elders. That's the crazy thing about leadership in the church. Leadership in the world is all about pride of place. Leadership in the church is all about humility. All of us, from the greatest to the least, are expected to practice humility towards one another. That's what keeps Grace Bible Church together. That's what keeps us united and healthy. Okay, so that's really where I want to end this morning. That's an application for all of us, from the leaders, from the elders, to all of us. All of us are called to practice humility. That's what I want us to each focus on in our own lives. So I want you to think about your own life. Would you say that it's humility that characterizes your relationship with other believers? Ask yourself this question. When was the last time when you sacrificed a right or a desire to serve another believer? Particular time come to mind? Can you remember when you did that last? Are you continually throughout your life sacrificing your rights and desires to care for other people? When you are in conversations with other believers, are your words lifting them up or or are your words lifting you up? Are your words focusing on their needs or are your words focusing on your needs? Is it all about you or is it about them? Peter and, and through Peter, Jesus Christ himself is calling all of us to clothe ourselves with humility. That's how Grace Bible Church will continue to be effective for decades to come is if, if all of us clothe ourselves with humility towards one another. Now, that's something that only God can grow in us. Humility is a supernatural quality. It's not something we can force. It's something God has to produce. So let's close by praying for God's help to become truly humble people, all the way from the elders to the rest of us, that all of us would be humble before God and one another. Heavenly Father, we come before you, and first we want to thank you that you are so faithful to us. Thank you that Jesus Christ is the leader of our church. Thank you that he has led us faithfully, that he has led us um, in so many uh, great ways and so many clear ways over the years. And thank you that he's led us through the elders. Lord, we're so grateful that you have raised up the men that you have over the last 40 plus years. Thank you that you have raised up godly men. Thank you that you have raised up men who follow you, who seek your will, who lead us well.
We pray your blessing upon the elders, Lord. We pray that you would bless them and their wives and their families, that you would protect them from Satan's attack. We pray that you would keep them in the center of your will, that you would help them to walk in faithfulness to you, Lord. We pray that for the rest of us, that we would follow the elders' example, that we would submit to them, that we would respect them, Lord. We pray that for all of us, elders, and for all the rest of us, Lord, that we would all clothe ourselves in humility. Please, Father, grow us to be humble people. We confess that we can't make ourselves humble. Only you can grow that quality in our lives, Lord. We pray for true humility. We pray that you would grow us so that we see the needs of others as more important than our own, that we seek out the the needs of others above our own rights and desires. I pray, Father, that when people look at Grace Bible Church, that they would see a congregation of truly humble people. I pray that you would grow us in humility and through that humility that you would unite us together, Lord. I pray that we would be a supernaturally loving and united community of believers. Thank you so much for all that you've done, Lord. We, we confess that this church is yours. It has always belonged to you. We pray that everything about Grace Bible Church would glorify you and would exalt your son, Jesus Christ. In his name we pray, amen. All right, God bless you guys. I'll see you next week.